0: hey everybody welcome to a run down the maze with the second mouse podcast i'm one of your hosts
1: you are in fact one of the
0: hosts (laughs) i would fucking hope so we don't have a fucking stranger sitting here
2: are you asking
1: us are you telling us that you're a host
0: i'm ron burke the quite uncertain host yeah
1: god damn it q why did you put another question mark at the end of Gato's script?
0: I'm just People reading. Off read the teleprompter. Exactly
1: what's on the teleprompter.
2: Listen, this is a great moment for a podcast. I, I had to do it. I had no other choice. I am the Jimmy G of podcast host, so tells you everything you need to know.
0: Yes, welcome to Jimmy G's Jamboree. He fucking People sucks. Won. Yeah, I guess I guess then let's get right into it. Let's so we're get the he- reaction of you guys on this uh, this past weekend, AFC and NFC conference championships.
2: Well, I figure we, we each uh, do a takeaway from uh, from the from the season uh, from from this weekend. So Tom, what is your takeaway?
1: You know, I think it's sometimes blasphemy to question a coach that's about to go to the Super Bowl but let's be very careful anointing Zach Taylor as the next genius of the NFL. That game was less about coaching and more about players doing what they needed to do to win. And there were a couple of instances in that game where the calls on offense could have derailed that team. Um, I'm thinking specifically of like the fourth quarter when, the call was for a check down to Samaj P. Ryan and he got hit immediately at the line of scrimmage. And Q, I think you had mentioned that in our discord chat. Like that was a stupid call.
2: Well, I mean, you're playing for a field goal with Kansas city. It's like you're playing with fire. I mean, and it almost, it almost burned them pretty bad if their defense didn't step up because, yeah, I think it was like third and 11, third and 12. And you're checking down to a backup running back in the flat. And I mean, he just like, and by the way, a backup running back who is not very athletic. So, like, he he's not going to make that move. I've I watched the Giants all year throw flat passes to Kyle Rudolph, guy who looks like he's running in cement. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't get it. It's the biggest game of the year. And you're not, you have Joe Burrow at quarterback. You have Chase. You have Higgins. You have Boyd. All these superstars. And you're like, you're playing for a field goal, which is a very odd choice to me.
1: Yeah, it was dumb. So I think we're going to do exactly what they did with Sean McVay. Like, oh, this guy's young and he's going to the Super Bowl and he's brilliant. Like, we should, you know, put him on the, the pedestal of the elite coaches. But let's pump our brakes first because he's not a great play caller and he's got a lot of learning to do. But that's just my take right now. And
2: he was on the hot seat uh, last year. I mean, because. He was. 2 and 14 uh 2 years ago uh what was it 4 and 12 last year and now they're in the Super Bowl it's uh it's I think it's one of the greatest things about the NFL though is that's the parity every single year it's just uh, you never you never know when this
0: team's is going to come out of nowhere and just true yeah got so my takeaway of this past weekend was really we saw two games that I think came down to one major theme when you get to this point in the season you have to play your game the two teams that ended up winning this week I think really understood that I'm I, I might be I might be off base here but I think when you go out there thinking that you can't shut down their offense and that your your offense can't keep up with them you're gonna to have to keep putting up those points fail every time because you're playing into their game plan you're playing at their stadium and you're going into that with that mindset i
1: think you brought up a good point though gato so i'm gonna i'm gonna rephrase that that for you and answer this question for us is it more about the cincinnati Bengals winning that game because they played their game or is it because the chiefs panicked at the end of the first half, and they ended up not playing their game at all at the end. Because if you look at the QBR ratings for Mahomes in the first half versus the second there, that's a completely different quarterback. Like that's Pat Mahomes and then Chad Henney dressed as Patrick Mahomes came in.
0: <laughs> the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the Chiefs only put up three points after the half. Yeah. They did not look good.
2: It was Chad Henney and Matt Castle in a
0: giant uh, trench coat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and they're both naked. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? I'm going to say yes to that, but also at the same time I want to give credit to the Bengals defensive coordinator. I can't pronounce his last name, so I'm not even going to try. Uh he made great adjustments. He's been doing it all year. I mean, it's and that's the reason why the Bengals are where they are right now is because obviously their offense got explosive with Jamar chase and he's a stud receiver and they finally are taking that next step on offense. But truly that defense went from horrendous to like top 12 at this point.
0: Right. So from what I had gathered, the big adjustment that they had made on defense between the first half and the second half was they were doing a, a a take eight. Um, So they had Eight guys um, in the secondary. What they changed was that they started doing a spy. So they had one of the linebackers keying on whatever Mahomes was doing, mirroring him, following him. And um, it really – it totally changed how Mahomes was playing. I don't know if that also has to do with the downshift of momentum that Kansas City had because up until the last two plays of that half – rolling. his numbers were amazing. They were as good as they fucking get.
2: He was and playing. He was playing Madden on rookie level.
0: Yeah, and let's let's go right into I think the big momentum shift. The the probably the biggest play besides the overtime plays. Um, those two plays at the end of that half. Um, Oof, yeah, Q. What's your take on that?
2: Um, I'm not going to give Eli Apple credit, so I'm going to ignore that play. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, New York Giants refugee Eli Apple.
2: I can't wait to see OBJ versus uh, Eli Apple in the Super Bowl. It's going to be tremendous. Um, but no, I, well, to build on what you were saying, Gatto, yeah, like it, you saw Trey Hendrickson kind of playing as a, a spy the entire time, especially on that that last play of the, uh, oh, I think it was the last play of the the uh, before overtime, where you saw him kind of sitting in the the middle of the de- middle of the defense, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden he just kind of rushed him. But this has been this has been the way Kansas City has been getting beat all year. Is that instead of blitzing Mahomes, teams are kind of playing that soft cover two, forcing him to kind of sit in the pocket and and ultimately make a throw. And playing those two deep safeties has helped because it's not allowing Tyree Kill to kind of beat people over the middle, forcing them to check down. The reason why they they're still winning is because teams kind of get frustrated with them checking down to Kelsey, and then of course Tyree Kill is so good after the catch that it like it. It, eventually, they will get you, so they get desperate and they start blitzing, and then that's when they beat Tyree Kill for like sixty yards over you. So the Bengals just did an exceptional job of just kind of remaining patient in the second half and and really kind of forcing Mahomes to sit back there. He had plenty of time to throw, but there's just nowhere really to go. So
1: he did do a lot of like. And this is where I think the wheels started to fall off for him. Like he really tried to buy as much time as possible when he really should have just either thrown the ball away or scrambled to get a handful of yards. And he was trying to make the big, big play. And at a certain point, like you're surrounded dude, like you either throw the ball away or you try to make something happen with your legs. Like you can't keep doing this where you're back seven or eight yards from the line of scrimmage. And you're only hurting your team at that point just so you can get a highlight pass.
0: And we see that actually towards the very end of that game, right? Because he takes those big losses that puts them out of range uh for a scoring opportunity. Yeah. He's lucky and... he didn't
2: get knocked out of field goal range for that to tie it up for overtime.
1: Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone checked on Jackson Mahomes since then? <laughs> Is he yeah. in like witness protection right now
0: because He's doing the sad boy shuffle on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) He's, he's irrelevant for another nine months and that's amazing. Uh,
2: Listen, uh, listen, I'm just going to put it this out there. I think, I think Patrick Mahomes should Aaron Rodgers his family. Agreed. (laughs) Just like that, that, that is embarrassing. Honestly. Um, But yeah, no. Did you see the video of uh, Brittany Matthews his, his, I think it was fiance or wife. She was pouring champagne on them last year. Uh, She was pouring champagne on Kansas city fans.
1: I saw that. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's just completely like, there's a lot of like Marie Antoinette in that picture. Like let them all eat cake. Like, Hey man, it's like seven degrees out right now in Arrowhead and you pouring expensive quote unquote champagne on me. Like that doesn't make me feel better like stop
2: <laughs> doing that. Shifting back to the game for a second. How did I mean I'm, I want to I want to pose this question to you guys. Did you when 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 the coin toss happened and of course Kansas City won, we were like you, did I, I, the thought that entered my head was I'm almost rooting against Kansas City at this point just because I cannot stand the discourse about overtime rules. It's like shut up about the overtime rules already.
0: A part of me was like If this is a repeat of last week, I think this opens up a big offseason discussion about the overtime rules, and I think fans are going to really demand that they change them in some way.
2: I want to point out, I'm supportive of that. I'm supportive of changing the rules. What I can't stand is that like we know that we can't do anything about it until the owners meet and all that and they vote on it, and it, why are we having this discussion ultimately, like we all know that it's not gonna change, yeah, this is how this these rules have been for a long time, so no one should be surprised by this at this point, yeah i mean i I was
1: rooting for. Um, the Bengals, because they are kind of my sleeper pick a couple weeks ago, and I really wanted to see them play well. But also, too, just the – it felt very much like Kansas City was trying to boost themselves last week And like when they won. It's like you won in overtime, and only because the other team was not allowed to touch the ball. Like, let's be mindful that you didn't win that. You didn't stop anybody. And I just remember that picture or that video of Travis Kelsey, like, I got my swagger back, and I'm like, swagger declined. <laughs> sometimes
0: uh, it's uh, sir your swagger has been declined do you have another card um do you have some more swagger that we can try
1: sir this is a Planet fitness you can't use that here <laughs> but yeah. yeah you know we've seen the chiefs already like we know what they can do i want to see what joe burrow and the rest of that squad will do and who knows i mean i think that that's that's going to be a fun matchup and honestly of of all the teams in the nfc i feel the best about the
0: the Bengals going up against the Rams. If someone really won at the end of that game, by the way, I think it might have been Josh Allen.
2: Yes. Good
0: <laughs> tweets. Good tweets. Pain. Tweet. Pain. <laughs> pain.
2: Just nothing but and pain. And
0: then the second time around when he tweeted it again, man, the fucking picture, it was mwah, perfect. Yeah. Beautiful.
1: I mean, he's calling up better help. Like as soon as Kansas City wins the toss, <laughs> it's like I need to talk about this again
2: credit to him though I mean he, he didn't make any excuses after that game he was like we got to get it done in the regular you know the, the regular format at that point because you know again like we all know the rules for overtime at this point this is not a surprise to anyone I want to go to sudden death overtime and I don't think you should just be able to score a touchdown some people have made the comment that oh well defense is a component of your team so defense yeah but like we all know that the NFL is slated this towards offense it's it's right. basically it's basically Madden at this point That I mean, that Kansas City-Buffalo game was the closest thing you'll get to a video game in real life. And, you know, at this point, if we don't, like, college, that's why college sudden death is so awesome because it can just keep going for so long. So I wanted to shift because my takeaway is that we are witnessing a changing of the guard in the NFL. Um, You're now witnessing, I mean, really, at this point, you look at somebody like Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes both under the age of 27 Um, and then you look at somebody like Jimmy G who's probably on his way out and which means Trey Lance will be taking over next year for him really Stafford is like and Stafford's not even old by NFL terms even Um, with Brady retiring. uh, I think we're going to probably talk about that tomorrow. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, kind of on the bubble at this point. He might be staying in Green Bay. He might be heading out. But we know at the age of 38, he's pretty much uh, close to the end. Even, like, guys like Russell Wilson are now considered the old guard of the NFL. And it's crazy to see that, like, we're truly out of the Manning-Brady era at this point. And uh, it's am- it was amazing to see. But, like, you always you always worry when you start seeing your childhood – you know, guys start to retire, but watching the especially the AFC with Herbert and Allen and Mahomes and Burrow, I think we're about to enter probably one of the greatest eras of football because these guys, all these guys, are so young and just so extremely talented.
0: Yeah, we're we're running into probably a, a more exciting time. There's going to be a lot more parity, I think, in the NFL for a little bit here. Though, if you look back. The last couple of years, I mean, it's Kansas City, right? This is this was their fourth chi- uh, trip to the AFC Championship in a row? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Again, I'm reading off the teleprompter. There was a question mark at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: Ron Perkins.
0: It's honestly, it's refreshing. We went through the Brady-dominated years, and it was almost kind of poetic because here's this kind of Adam Shetner- leak and it got completely overshadowed by what ended up happening um, between the Bengals and the Chiefs and it was kind of a great telling moment that is part of the past and we're on to new pastures the one
1: thing I would say too to that is like you're you are very right like this is this could potentially be the new golden era of the NFL where It, the games are exciting again, and there's new blood to reinvigorate a lot of old rivalries. And I've ultimately make the game interesting again, because I feel like it's gotten pretty stale over the last couple of years, minus a couple of guys, but how do you feel if you're a team that passed up on one of these five or six young quarterbacks? Like the Browns who went with Baker Mayfield and completely blew it. They could have figured they could have done something different or all these other teams out there who have said, we're going to stand pat with our guy or we're going to draft this next mega superstar, quote unquote, and they have fallen flat because this year's draft does not look great. And I don't know what the year after that looks like because you need to see. Very good. good.
2: Yeah, very good. Interesting you said that, because I kind of commented on this last week with Josh Allen that I think people are going to end up overdrafting on talent because mm-hmm. of the idea of, like, he's the next Josh Allen to where he might be the exception, not the rule. But it, it's it's questionable. I think I think you're going to see the quarterback evaluation start to change. Too many times people looked for things like, how many games has he started? Is he, like... Is he efficient in the pocket? Is he accurate? And I think people are now going to start just drafting, especially on traits. Like, can he throw off platform? Can he change his arm angle? And those are the things that people are going to start really kind of scouting. This year... Not very good. couple guys that are interesting. I mean, really, Kenny Pickett's probably the best of the bunch. As yeah, but far it as...
1: took him a long time to get into the conversation. It did.
2: And by the way, I say best of the bunch in that he's probably the most quarterback. He's probably the most NFL ready. I don't think he's going to end up being the best quarterback of the bunch. That's probably either going to be Malik Lois or maybe Desmond Ritter. None of, none of them are really all that exciting to where 2023, you're looking at Stroud from Ohio State, who's yeah. just a stud. And then Bryce Young from Alabama, who, you know, <laughs> we all said that if Alabama got themselves like a, a, a you know, a dual threat quarterback, they were going to be really dangerous. And they were. It's a there's real potential there that you could be looking at another influx of quarterbacks. But it's funny that you mentioned that before, though, about like it had gotten kind of stale. It had. And I think a lot of that was because of the fact that you were watching guys like Breeze, who was not really the same guy anymore after the last few years and Brady in New England, which was Big horrible. Ben to too. Watch. Big Ben's houseboat. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's off. Yeah. And so now we're seeing when when Brady went to Tampa and then now like Breeze retired. We're we're now starting to see all these young guys starting to come up. But like we talked about this last week, AFC is gonna be a dogfight every single year. It's
0: gonna be mm-hmm. amazing. Brings up a question want to ask you guys um just briefly um because we still have another game to recap or go over. Um, do we care? Do, well, we can talk <laughs> about that, um, that but sucked. with um, discussion of you know looking for new ways to assess a upcoming quarterback, would you say that there is an archetype? Is it Mahomes? is it you know a, a lot of a lot of the guys that got drafted, into the NFL, like Mahomes and stuff, they were drafted based on like the Russell Wilson archetype is who's the new person they're drafting to be like, is it Mahomes? Who is it?
2: Well, I mean, it's the problem is guys like Mahomes and Josh Allen don't grow on trees. They are, they are truly like special cases. Mahomes. I mean, I I looked at Mahomes coming out of Texas tech and I was like, this guy's either going to be the greatest quarterback alive or he's going to be out of the league in six months. Um, because, like, his ability to improvise. And I think that's the biggest thing. People are looking for th- the ability to play out of structure. Like, you look at Daniel Jones, and I'm a Giants fan, obviously. And I-, I think Daniel Jones in the right system could be a good, nice NFL quarterback. He could be good. But the minute the line breaks down and the minute that the play doesn't go as scripted, he doesn't know what to do he instantly starts flailing around and that's what's causing the fumbles and the interceptions. So I think the biggest trade that people are looking at is improvisation, you know, being able to improvise and being able to throw on the run, being able to throw at a different arm angle and kind of make those trick throws. Um, if you're looking for an archetype, yeah, of course, Mahomes and Herbert kind of fit that narrative of being able to run, throwing on the run is a, is a huge thing. Being mobile, being able to be smart and, you know, uh, when, when when running the ball, but being able to throw at those awkward angles because Joe Burrow, I mean, credit to him, he's got one of the worst offensive lines in football and he's in the Super Bowl. So he's- it of a reliance on having to build up that offensive line, which is difficult now because of how many college teams play spread offenses. It's harder to uh, scout um, offensive linemen.
1: Yeah, well, and, I, and I wonder too, Given the amount of players that are now transferring away from the schools that they signed to start with, um, it seems like like student-athletes are moving around more than they normally were allowed to. And a lot of the arbitrary, like, you-can't-go-here rules in transfer portal stuff doesn't exist anymore anymore. I really 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 hope we get away from this whole win loss record for quarterbacks cuz there's so, so many there's so many other components to that that aren't out of that person's control. Like the coach can be an absolute fucking moron 100%. They could be playing a team that's at full strength versus them have a lot of injuries or they could have had guys that have transferred mid-season. A lot of those things are out of a quarterback's control. Yeah. But there are so many guys out there who have been drafted solely on like oh this guy's a winner. Look at how many look at how many bowl games they've won. Like half the bowl games out there now people don't play in. Like I remember and I'm dating myself, but Syracuse played West Virginia a couple years ago in a bowl game, and four or five of the starters for West Virginia chose not to play because they were going to the NFL draft. SU won that game. I don't think they win that game if they're at full strength.
2: Who was the quarterback at SU at that point?
1: It was Eric Dungy, former New York Giant Eric Dungy, by the way. Um, I'm really hoping that we move in the direction of the intangibles of the what can you do when things fall apart versus that... Stupid wonder test and like the interview component, which just exposes some of the really shitty behavior of the NFL and ultimately like, oh, this guy came from a winning program. Like, yeah, we also have guys that come from winning programs that suck ass. Patrick Mahomes came from Texas Tech and they're not particularly strong in a year. I hope they go off of Instagram followers, because if that's the case, follow us at Second Mouse Podcast on Instagram fuck, and, fuck, on fuck, and on Twitter and on YouTube. All you got to do is search Second Mouse Podcast and we'll come up. Give us a like and a subscribe and a review. Make it a good review.
2: Hell of a transition there, Tom.
1: Thanks so much.
2: Interesting you said about the combine. Um, one interesting thing that LA Rams did was they were actually uh, scouting guys based on GPS of their speed in-game rather than their 40-yard dash. Because Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup was a guy who did not test well, but apparently ran very well in in like as far as uh in game and as you're seeing right now he is arguably the best receiver in the game
1: jerry rice ran slow chad jackson ran fast yep and we all know how both those careers went
2: yep chad jackson the goat
1: do we want to transition to the primetime infomercial which was the rams (sighs) Niners game
2: why is the nfc so boring so bland yeah, I mean, like, San Francisco reminds me a lot of the Giants uh, from 2007, you know, playing great ball control offense and then playing, like, killer defense without having to blitz. They just had four guys kind of running at you. Doesn't make for an entertaining game as many as many times, but uh, it's it, they, they're, they're a good team. And I'm, I'm interested to see San Francisco's in this weird transition, kind of like the Chiefs were a couple years ago. They had that old-school quarterback that's, you know, clearly on his way out with Alex Smith in Kansas City, and they have the young kid, Trey Lance. They had Pat Mahomes there. I'm interested to see what that looks like next year, but, uh, you know, credit to the Rams. They traded away pretty much all of their picks and are probably about $80 million over the cap at this point uh, to get themselves to the championships, but it finally started paying off for them.
0: Gatto? I want to actually give the Rams a lot more credit in this game. Um, look, 49ers... They got there, in my opinion, off the sweat of Debo Samuel, George Kittle. True. An amazing, an amazing fucking special teams that put in that gave them the advantage in a lot of situations, even if it was subtle. Um But I you gotta give the Rams a lot more credit than I think most people are willing to. I know Sean McVay is not your father's football coach he's got a lot of ideas he looks like a manager from an orange theory uh, <laughs> preferably somewhere oh. in north jersey he definitely owns 30 pairs of away pants he has gym teacher vibes they make you do the pegboard all the fucking time yeah.
2: i said i said club promoter in hampton bays he gives me those type of vibes yeah yes. he's
1: definitely showing up at napper tandy's for wing night, just to hit on, like,
0: 19-year-olds. <laughs> Tells you but about it does... all
2: the state records he broke.
0: <laughs> he would have it... gone pro, Q. Totally. He I... His defense, look, he's got a good defense. Von Miller was fucking crushing it all game, and Aaron Donald stepped up when they needed it the most. And they made Jimmy G... Sweat and turn into Jimmy G.
2: I think that's my issue is that like they got Von Miller, you know, nothing. They got like a, a, a future Hall of Famer for like nothing. And then they get OBJ off the scrap heap because Baker Mayfield sucks and he can't like he couldn't make it work. <laughs>
0: I will say, though, the Rams though.
1: had no sacks in that game.
0: Well, San Francisco's offensive line. But let's great. talk about this this real quick, though. They went there because they think they're going to win a championship.
2: I think that's I I think that's the only reason why I'm kind of veering towards the Bengals though is because I expect like if the Rams don't make the Super Bowl it's you fucked up. It's almost like a meh moment like yeah okay great you made it because you have all this ridiculous talent to where the Bengals, it's like actually surprising like that a team that you know literally rebounded from a 4-12 season is actually in the Super Bowl and and doesn't have a superstar at every position. I mean Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller. Beckham like all these guys are just transplants you know from from other teams and they're all like superstars so i don't know I, I think i just i think i just expect them to already be there so
1: can i also say though i didn't really care much for this game i watched like a quarter and a half of it but i think a lot of credit needs to go to two guys on that team eric weddle led the team in tackles after being on a beach for 2 years and just lounging and he gave Sean McVay, a phone call like, hey man, I'll come wash your car if you need it. And he's like, No, 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 I need you to play safety. (laughs) Oh yeah, I guess I can do that too. But we were talking about this during the on Discord yesterday, but like OBJ having his first hundred yard game in like what since twenty nineteen.
2: So happy for him.
1: And this is a this is a guy that two teams gave up on. One of them was ran by like the trailer park king and Dave Gettleman, um, <laughs> who was like, "Yeah, we're gonna sign into all this money, and we have no reason to trade him." And now they then tra- then they like a week after they traded him. And since then, Dave Gettleman was still looking for his mustard that he left in his pockets. And then he goes to Cleveland, which has no idea how to manage him. The only thing they're able to do is figure out how like to mask Baker Mayfield. So he does not bother anybody during that game. And everyone said like, yeah, he's cooked. He's he's washed up. And then, you know, he has a slow start in Saint- and he has a slow start in L.A., I hope they re-sign him for next year. I don't think it's possible because they owe like so much money to the cap. But he fits there. This is just one game, and I think he's going to have a, a resurgence in his career because this will give him the confidence and the name recognition again that he is still a superstar, even though the Trailer Park King and Faker Mayfield were in between all of that.
0: Cooper Cup, he still, he still had his game, but it's not a Cooper Cup performance that is – typically noteworthy of the highlight reel. Um, it was the OBJ show. 100%. Yeah. 11 um,
1: targets, 9 catches, 113 yards. Did I
0: You did good. <laughs> I mean, and and that's the thing the Rams stuck to their game plan and they got the job done and they created the turnover when they needed it. Um, they they made Jimmy G fucking Jimmy G. I have to go against Q on this one. I'm actually going to say that the Rams end up winning uh, the Super Bowl this year. One, they got the home field advantage. They're coming off of a win in their own stadium. Those NFL, oh, yeah. script,
2: those NFL scripts writers are working that. hard, man. I'm telling you. Like, I had two years – I mean, for, for it to never happen, and then it happens two years in a row, it's bananas.
0: On top of that, to the point that Q was saying, the Bengals – are going to be coming into this into this game and like you said they were not a good team last year right and i see them with a lot of that same pizzazz that the giants used to get all the way they went on a great run it's a good run all right no one's taking that away from them and you know what they might just giants their way to a super bowl win Sure. Yeah,
1: because the Rams are also the same team that got worked the last game of the year as well. Like so, let's, let's not forget that. Right. Like this is also a team that it was 12 and 5, granted, but they did not look like a Super Bowl winning or Super Bowl caliber team for a lot of parts uh, for a big part of the season.
0: But pound for pound with the talent on that team, given that they are the home team, Zach Taylor has probably not slept all week because he's trying to figure out ways to stop that Swiss cheese of an offensive line from letting Von Miller and Aaron Donald just decimate Joe Burrow. Because I don't know if he can take that type of ass kick yeah. for I mean, 60
1: minutes. Joe Burrow better make sure that his like insurance card is to date. Yeah, like, man. Because he's going to need it. But I'll also and, say, too, like, the Bengals were showing promise last year before he got hurt. So... It's not necessarily out of the blue. Like, this is there, there are pieces that were moving in the right direction for them. Unfortunately, he blew out his name.
0: This is one thing I do want to say about this past week, though. And that's that I think we are done now with upsets for the year. There's no more upsets to be had. This is not this game. This is not an upset game. I think we're looking at two teams that are coming into this, and we're not going to be shocked. By the outcome, either way, the Kansas, Rams four Kansas and a half come in. It's
2: tight. Wait. <laughs> well, I'll say from a pick'em standpoint, I I've got. A, it's a good point. I will say that's the only thing that gives me a bit of pause is that yeah, w- between Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald, and Von Miller, they're going to have the you know the Bengals offensive line, which is not the greatest, is going to have their hands full. Um, but listen, I mean, I, to me. I look at this Rams team and I think this is a team that should absolutely win the Super Bowl and that's exactly why they won't. And the Bengals to me, they're just a team they they took down for them to take down the teams that they've taken down in the last few weeks and doing it as that team that's kind of getting hot at the right time. I'm not betting against Joe Burrow. And I still think at the end of the day between Mixon, Chase, Boyd and, and um, Higgins, um, they're just they're, they're, they're so more they're so much more explosive than the Rams have been other than Cooper Cobb.
0: I think the key standout here is how well Joe Mixon performs. And if he's able to take some of that pressure off of Joe Burrow, they might have a shot. I think he's an underrated hero of this past weekend's game because he really kicked up the gear. In the second half, there, I don't think he got the credit he deserved for that one.
2: He he is definitely one of the um the big components for them. I think I still look. This is going to come down to uh Burrow and and Stafford. And look, I mean, for for we're talking about the the Rams as though it's like a foregone conclusion. I mean, Matthew Stafford. This is the reason why I'm going to take the Bengals. I look at that game yesterday. I picked the 49ers to win, but I I, I luckily got them on the spread. Don't you feel like they should have beat the 49ers by a lot more? It came down to a late touchdown, or and then uh, and then ultimately... The old, reliable Jimmy old G. Old, reliable pick. Jimmy G throwing a pick. I mean, they were in a position to where Jimmy G... If Jimmy G makes a couple throws... Now, granted, they showed up when they were supposed to show up. But, like, between... I mean, that offense, with that line, with that running game, and, you know, Cooper Cup and OBJ, I feel like it should have been... A two touchdown game, and they barely walked away with a win. So I will
1: I will say this: if Samaj P. Ryan has more than two carries in the Super Bowl, <laughs> I'm going to beat Roger Goodell with his CPAP <laughs> <laughs> because ultimately he is the one who is the overlord of yahoo fantasy sports and yahoo fantasy sports told me to play samaj P. ryan in the last game of the year oh my god we're still doing this even touched the ball and i lost by a tenth of a fucking we're point we're
0: still we're still doing this Are we still i, doing
1: this? I no, no, will not can... be silent <laughs>
2: <laughs> cancel culture is out of control my team was canceled
1: roger goodell had ranch dressing in between his college ring, and he's sucking it out, and he's like, yeah, go so place, Demaj P Ryan.
0: God, the visual on that, just <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> but, but it tracks. It tracks. It's on. It's definitely on. how it goes.
2: All right, so, Gatto, you're picking the Rams.
0: What's the score? 23-20.
2: All right, so I'm taking the Bengals. I'm going to say Bengals 28, Rams 24. What do you got, Tom?
1: Bengals 34-27.
2: Ooh! Ooh, got him by a touchdown.
1: Yeah, I love it. Love I think it. I think these two teams are just going to try and like crush each other. And I think the second half in the second half in the Super Bowl is going to be where the party's at.
2: Yeah, I feel like this could be a real like pa- Giants Patriots in two thousand seven, where like the first half was just a real snoozer, and then just all of a sudden went up another level in the yep. second half. Yeah,
0: kicking it up a notch. Well, we'd like to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to this recap of the uh, conference championship. If you liked what you heard, please Which come you visit did. Us. Which you did. <laughs> <laughs> Don't act like you weren't impressed. Remember, you you folks, wouldn't have lasted this long showers. otherwise. Yeah. This is on Instagram. Instagram. Instagram is a new. Yeah, that's a new one. It's a new. Uh, it's a
2: new social media platform. It's coming
0: it's out. <laughs> And uh, Twitzer and uh, <laughs> Twizzler, <laughs> yeah, you follow us with TV? some Twizzlers. Don't be just do, do do you at the have... 7 Eleven,
2: we're gonna go get some Twizzlers. We so you can, you can listen to it the can hear us bitching in the, in the parking lot.
1: Give I, us a I follow, actually... and we'll send you one Twizzler, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Tom, don't say that because I'm not sending out you know, tons of Twizzlers. So
0: put on the company card, yeah. There you go. Well, there you have it. That is our recap. That was the <laughs> A quick run down the maze with the team of the Second Mouse Podcast
1: highlighting the conference championship games as my esteemed colleague Gado was trying to explain before he made up a whole social media platform. Follow us on Instagram at Second Mouse Podcast. Follow us on YouTube and give us a like and subscribe on YouTube. Second Mouse Podcast. Follow us on all streaming platforms. Thanks, y'all.
2: And this podcast is now sponsored by Twizzlers
1: let it be known. Here. Sorry, Boris had great story. Compelling and rich.
0: Well, that's gonna do it for all of us here at Channel 4 News. You stay classy, San Diego. I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter?